and welcome to NSTA The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director, and with me today is Julius Caesar. He's Director of Recruiting at uh, Cook, Illinois Corporation. And Julius has been with us both on a webinar, on a previous podcast, and he also presented at our annual meeting and convention in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, Julius, thanks for taking time and joining us at NSTA, the bus stop. It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure, Kurt. So, listen, on an off chance that a few folks didn't catch you on the podcast or webinar, maybe you could just go through a brief reintroduction of yourself and, and some background and kind of how you landed in your position at Cook, Illinois, which I think was a great story. Great, great. Well, I... um my background, I started at the Illinois Department of Employment Security. I was working as an employment security rep. There, I was assisting people with receiving, getting their unemployment benefits, and then adjudicating any issues that they had that prevented them from getting uh, their benefits. In Illinois, a lot of times there are layoffs. And at one point, the Illinois Department of Employment Security uh, had a layoff, and I was part of that layoff. Well, I had a friend who called me who worked at one of the largest staffing companies. It was Kelly Services. And she said, Julius, you would be great at this, you know. And I said, OK. So I went and I joined Kelly Services as a staffing coordinator. And after a while, I ended up at Manpower as one of their staffing managers. Manpower is the largest staffing company in the world. Well, while I was working at Manpower, I got a an email from Cook Illinois Corporation, and they reached out to me. And at the time, I was on an assignment with Manpower. Once I interviewed with them, I was brought on as the director of recruiting for their corporation. I believe they created the position because they have 18 different locations, and everybody was doing things different. So they wanted to centralize their recruiting and they brought me in as the director. And from there, I've been there seven years and things have gotten a lot better from the day that I started. But I love the job just as 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 I did when I started. And it's 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 great. It's a, it's a great opportunity to help a lot of people go to work. And I love helping people. Yeah. And like I said, that's a, a great story and, and uh, interesting you know background, obviously, that you have. Specifically at, you know, Cook, Illinois, what do things look like, you know, these days? Because as I relate the situation that we're in, you know, some folks who are reporters and, and media types, you know, have said, well, you know, the driver shortage is, is nothing new. We've seen this the past several years upon return to school. And I always make the point to them that this one is very, very different than what we've seen in the past. Do you agree with that? And if so, you know, maybe you could put a face on it. How does this look and feel different than we've seen in the past years? Yeah, it it certainly is different. They're right in their assessment that uh, transportation has been short drivers for some years. As a matter of fact, when I started working with the company, the projections were that we would be short drivers for the next five to seven years. And they even had the numbers, 200,000, 250, 300,000 going from year to year that we would be short drivers. So we're used to working at a 
should we say in the in the in the red when it comes to having enough drivers but now with the covid and then with the extended unemployment uh benefits that makes this like a double and a triple whammy as far as drivers is concerned because with covid now you have those one of our number one groups of people were our seniors well, now with the COVID, a lot of seniors are not wanting to drive buses. So a lot of them have retired or resigned. Then we had a lot that were furloughed. And a lot of people that were furloughed, they're okay with being furloughed because they were collecting additional unemployment benefits. And as you know, that ran for almost a year and is scheduled to end on February the 4th or February the 6th. Uh, so I believe that that additional benefits benefited those that just want to stay at home. Like I always say, it's not that they're lazy or don't want to work, do not want to work, but they were presented with an offer. I say they could not refuse. Uh, mm -hmm. You're normally making three, $400 a week. And then here comes the government says, I'll give you twelve, thirteen hundred $1,300 a week just to stay home. I think any logical person is going to take that, uh, second offer. And that's what has happened. And that's what made this extremely difficult as far as um, recruiting is concerned, because there is just a large group that are not coming back due to COVID and are waiting to come back when the unemployment benefits run out. So it's a whole different ballgame from the way it was before COVID. Yeah. And, and speaking of time flies, I am going to correct you because you did say February 6th. And I'm sure in your head, you're like, you wish you oh, were yeah. February 6th and planning Absolutely. for September. But the <laughs> but the uh, the unemployment benefits yeah. do, do uh, uh, enhanced unemployment benefits do see September 6th. But, you, you know, yeah. But moving on, you were at, on our driver shortage panel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. One of the things that we endeavored to do at NSTA is, you know, we all understand the state of affairs that we're in, but I also think it's incumbent upon us as an association to put our heads together and to come up with solutions and to trade information with each other so that we can find our way out of the predicament that we find ourselves in. And you were so gracious to speak at the, the driver panel at our AMC. What were, you know, some of the unique things that you you know you think about in terms of relating d different just uh, techniques and programs that look to kind of chip away you know at this problem. As far as the driver shortage is concerned, I think I think one of the things. Well, I was excited. First of all, thanks for inviting me to be there. I was excited being there. The one thing that stood out was the the itinerary of the that that you had for the workshops. The itinerary you had such a diverse group uh, list of of items to discuss, and to see so many people at that one particular location coming, it's like they were hungry because they want to do better than what they've been doing. So it's like they're thirsting and they were thirsting for answers and and things like that. I, I thought that was great. I I enjoyed myself and I watched some of the the interviews 
and they were they were really good. I, I would recommend more hands-on when it comes to the interviewing processes, what can be done, what can be enhanced. We did talk about the driver shortage, and we had an opportunity to give some information. I believe it was Valerie Zentz and Christine Ward as well. But going forward, I would I would want more time to do more hands-on that would really help out those that are coming to get all that they can to make things go better. Yeah. And I know that you at NCOOK Illinois, you know, have several innovative, you know, ideas to kind of tackle the driver shortage. Maybe you can relate to the audience what a couple of those things are that you've utilized lately and and perhaps uh, articulate what the benefits are. Sure. Um, one thing that we started at Cook Illinois Corporation is called our state interviews. And I know that most people are familiar with exit interviews, and that's simply when a person has decided to leave the company, the manager or wh- whoever's in charge or HR would ask the person if they would do an exit interview. And in that interview, they would ask things like, what could we have done better to keep you? That's the state interview is opposite of that. In that exit interview, odds are you're not going to get all of the information that you would like to get because that person has made up their mind that they're not going to stay with the company. And a lot of times they're disgruntled employees and they're frustrated. So they don't feel like giving the feedback and they don't want to give any feedback. But the state interviews, like I said, totally opposite of the exit interviews. The state interviews is our opportunity to engage as well as build relationships with all of our employees. At the end of the school year, we're asking all of our managers to do state interviews with all of our employees, not only our drivers, but our paraprofessionals, some call them monitors. We do that, and that gives us an opportunity to ask them, why do they stay with our company? What is it that they like about our company? And then we also give them the opportunity to uh, let us know what we can do better and what, and we even ask, what would cause you to leave our company? And so we give them an opportunity to feel like they are truly in, uh, an integral part of the team. And uh, once they give us the things that we can improve on, then we do everything that we can to fix that and resolve that and go back to that person and let them know that has been resolved, resolved the, the one issue that you had, we have fixed that going forward. And what we find out the state interviews will do is it's a retention tool. Uh, it's a retention tool because now at the end of the year, when another company may be offering them 10 or 15 cents more an hour, they feel better staying with us because of the relationship that they have. And we do this every year with our employees. So when we go back to them next year, they have evidence, they have some hard numbers or things to look at and say, yes, I did tell them this. And yes, they did fix it. So they know we're just not just asking them questions just to be asking it. It's not, it's just not a, oh, well, robotic thing that we do. We ask and we make changes. So it's a great retention tool. And we've seen that from year to year, our turnovers, our retention 
has decreased and more people are staying with our company. Another thing that we have uh, implemented is the employee referral program. I believe that our number one recruiting resource should be our employees. Now we have 15, maybe 20 different recruiting resources, but again, the employees are our number one. So what we have done is we've incentivized them helping us to bring in more employees. We've offered them the employee referral program. We say, if you bring in one person that becomes a driver, after 30 working days, you will get a bonus of $300. If the person is licensed already, you will get $500. And now our second top recruiting resource is our employee referrals. And that's a, a big thing, you know. Um, so that's big for us. We also have employee referral contests. Our employee referral contest is pretty much an addition to the employee referral program. The employee referral contest, what we do is we have a contest once a quarter, and each quarter we have three fantastic gifts that we like to use as the incentive for them to help us out. What we do is we say, for example, if you bring in a person that becomes a driver, not only will you get the $300 or the $500 bonus, but your name will go into a drawing. And once your name goes in that drawing, when the contest period ends, we will have a drawing. And in that drawing, how it depends on how many you referred, you, your name goes in the drawing. Um, this year, well, this first contest, for example, we have a first place prize of $1,000. The second place prize, we're giving away a 65-inch flat screen TV. And the third place prize is a dinner cruise downtown Chicago on one of the luxury liners. That's just for this contest. But in the past, we've given away a car. We've given away a cruise to the Bahamas. We've given away weekend stays at the uh, some luxurious hotels downtown Chicago. We've given away cash, lots of cash. So we incentivize our employees to to be our number one sales team as far as recruiting other people to come, family, friends. It doesn't matter. If you know someone that's looking for work, tell them about this opportunity and you could be in for a windfall of cash or prizes. Another thing that we've done, and that's another great retention tool. Another thing that we've done at the end of each year, we plan for the summer. We are a family organization and we like to make it feel that way at all times. So at the end of the summer, when some people go on unemployment, go on vacation, just take the summer off, we've encouraged each of our offices to establish touch events for the summer. And a touch event is when uh, the office has an event, a family friendly event, that the employees can come together, stay in touch, and take part in things such as barbecues we've had. We've had bowling events. We've had yard, sign, yard sales. We've had game days at the company. We've had movie nights. Movie nights where we set up the big telev television screen or movie screens, and we'll play a popular movie. And all of that is 
also attached to a recruiting event. So everybody that comes for that movie, they also have, when they bring their family and friends, they can also apply for work. So we've done several, several things to keep our employees engaged with each other throughout the summer. And we always extend these events to the families. They can bring their families and friends and that's a recruiting tool for us. It's a recruiting tool and it's a retention tool. So those are some of the things that we've done um, that is, it's, it's not the norm for everybody, but it is the norm for us. And we're constantly looking for different ways of recruiting and retaining our employees. So I just recall when we were in Milwaukee and you were talking about some of the prizes that you, know, you all were giving away for these recruiting programs, you had mentioned that the TV that you give away is actually larger than the TV that you have. So yeah, this was, was yes, absolutely. What I was I was walking through the store one day and I saw I have a 55 inch at my house and I saw the 65 inch television voice activated and the dollar amount was so affordable that I said, hey, that's my next prize. Okay, so that's how that came about. But yes, I the the prizes they're they're great prizes, but once you start it, you find out they're not expensive at all. They're not that expensive. And I just always thank my my uh manager John Benish because he's always been very, very supportive of of whatever we could do to generate activity as far as our employees uh, soliciting or helping us to recruit or whatever we need to do. I mean, we can be bored. We've done, you, you go to the, the pay stations or gas pumps and you see the people start talking once you, you start pumping your gas. We've done that. We've done everything. And his motto is, if you haven't tried it one time, then you're not trying hard enough. So he encourages us to try anything new and so now we try everything at least one time. And we have right. a history now when it comes up a year from now and the person says, I'd like to do the, 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 the placemats at a restaurant and uh, it only costs this. And we can say, you know, we've tried that at four different locations and we know that doesn't work, but we do know right. what does work. And that's how, right. we, uh, that's how recruiting teams going out doing the grassroots efforts of putting out flyers, putting out yard signs, positioning buses in highly populated areas with the banners now hiring in the dollar amount. So we know what works. We know what do not work. So we try to focus on yeah. the things that work, but we are open to trying anything. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, all these are really interesting concepts. And one thing I get, you know, interviewed from, you know, media, nationwide and so i have to give more of a you know a global perspective um on the driver shortage but one thing that they often ask and this they being media types often ask is you know what's the attraction for being a school bus driver and you know i often tell them that you know the term we use is that you know our folks bleed yellow and that there's a real passion, you know, behind it once people, you know, get involved and that a lot are 
civic-minded individuals who want to give back to the community, you know, love working with children, and then also like the hours and, and, and perhaps even summers off. Can you look at that list and add to it or, you know, make your observations in terms of when you're recruiting because you're on the ground, you know, are those some of the same things that you're articulating to people? Yes, that certainly the flexibility is there. There are there are those that want to be home with their children uh, during the daytime, um, so they they take school bus driving um, because of the flexibility. We see that also. We also talk to them and we let them know that the CDL is a very expensive license to get. Actually, uh, we've we've calculated it is anywhere from thirty five to forty five hundred dollars just to get that license and we cover all the costs of that particular license. So I like to let people know that when they get their CDL license, they get a trade for life. And we understand that everybody is not going to be a bus driver all their lives, but we help them get a trade that can help transitioning them into another field. That's not our goal to transition them out, but we've seen so many people that come with the notion that they'll just do it for three or four months or five or six months until they get certain things uh, lined up. And they, next thing you know, they've been there for 30 years. So we never right. know, but we let them know up front. We, we are here to assist you in your transition as well. There are people that are attending school and we make it clear to them based on that flexible schedule, they can go to school as well. They can go to school. We have people that are just totally burned out of the nine to five, the corporate world, and they want to transition out of that. Everybody that comes to our company to drive a school bus is not coming for the money. Uh, a lot of people can do without the money, period. Uh, they just come in to do something. We have retirees that the spouse is kicking them out the house. <laughs> the husbands <laughs> are being kicked out by the wives and and now, just recently, we heard a story of a husband kicking the wife out so to go driving, to go do something, because he was retired, and then she retired not long afterwards, and he couldn't take it. You know, so huh. that's that's the kind of thing that's going on. We try to encourage everybody. Uh, you have those that are burnt out. You have those that would like their summers off to be with their kids and to be with their family. So we have pretty much everything that you said, we've... We've seen it as well, and that's how we we add to it. And we even have people that can come and, and only drive in the morning time, the AM route. We are our friendly right now is what we call it. If you can only mm -hmm. work an AM route, we will take you. If you can only work a PM route, we will take you. Whatever schedule you have that we can work around, we'll work around. And I think a lot of people, once they realize how flexible we are and the advantages that flexibility has, they come aboard. We get a, they come aboard. We have one particular office right now from uh, July to current August. They've had over 160 people come into their office to apply to be school bus drivers. That's just one of 18 of our offices, but that's one office. Once we put out the benefits of becoming a school bus driver, they're coming. That's interesting. Uh, it's been such a great conversation, Julius. One final question before we let you get back to recruiting. 
and that's what what have you seen lately and what do you think the next couple months are going to look like in terms of getting you know getting more people into those school bus driver seats i think i think the next couple of months is going to be pretty pretty busy that is my prediction i am i am optimistic that yes we're there's a big mountain to climb but we have to look at it is how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time so we have to take a look at the mountain that's in front of us know that our process that we have to overcome that mountain is in place and it has worked we have to reflect on what we have done in the past and keep the processes that we have that we know has worked in the past and continue moving forward with those same processes and the additional ones that we added as we go along and i believe that that mountain soon will become a lot less high we'll have challenges but i believe the major part of uh, everybody driving in the office as well as the drivers and the paras and the mechanics I think that's going to slowly come to an end, and I'm hoping a lot sooner than later, but we're staying on track for that to happen. Great. Once again, joining us at NSTA, the bus stop, Julius Caesar. He's Director of Recruiting at Cook, Illinois Corporation. And Julius, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how can they do so? They can call me at 708 two five zero nine seven nine zero or they can get me by email which is best is j c e a s e r at cookillinois.com great julius thanks so much for all you do and thanks for joining us at nsda the bus stop and uh, we'll have you back on in a couple months and we'll trade stories again Thanks again for having me. It's my pleasure. Have a great day.